Hello, Earthlings. If you are listening to the sound of my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. And man, oh man, do we have a show for you today because my guest is Brian Galise, known best for playing Michael Tritter on HBO's Westworld. So we will definitely be talking about what it's like to get KO'd by a robot. But wait, there's more because I have it on good authority that Brian Galise has also puked on a very famous director. So let's not hold it in any longer. It's Brian Galise today in the studio on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Breakfast. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Brian Galise, welcome to the Breakfast studio. Wow, I... I can't believe how important you make me sound. That that was fantastic. I I don't know that I could live up to that intro, Brent. Thank you so much. Well, you uh, you're welcome. Look, before we start, in all seriousness, I really want to thank you because you were one of the first believers in Breakfast, and you were big in uh, getting the word out when the show was very very just getting started. So I want to thank you for that officially. No, it's you, a pleasure, Brent. You're uh, you're very you're a funny man. Well, you are perhaps best known as Michael Tritter who is a wealth manager in season three of the fabulous HBO show Westworld. Tell me about the audition process for that. Yeah, that was uh, pretty unexpected. It was uh, one of those days. You, I had a couple auditions, and I feel like one of them was like a, one of these auditions where you uh, go and it's a project. You're like, oh, I'll go to the audition. And you go, then you're like, hey, can you take your shirt off? And you're, you're like, okay. And then you're like, I hate this life. What am I doing here? And then you, I would. So they to the, tell you, yeah, you can take your shirt off for the audition. Specifically, yeah, yeah. They're no, always telling me to, sir, it's not required, <laughs> and put that back on, and don't ever do that again. Please stop it. <laughs> um, no, so I had that audition, and then I changed uh, in the car and, and hit over to uh, Automatic Sweat, which is where uh, John Papsidera is at, and they cast oh, Westworld. Yeah. yeah, which is a really nice office, by the way, too. It's like an art gallery slash casting studio it's really great i think he cast me in casual is that true yeah and he used to also do before it moved to new york he was the ray donovan casting director uh, yeah but this westworld also yeah he's westworld okay. as well uh so yeah went in there and i had maybe i think like 20 hours to prepare that one and it was like six pages of dialogue and it was great and it was a really fun scene and it was like flirty and it was with evan rachel wood and i was like wow this is gonna be great and I left, and it was a you know it was an interesting time. I thought it was good. I did two or three takes, and she was like, "Great, we love it." And then you know you just leave, and you're like, "Okay, let's, you know we'll see how it goes." And then uh, I got the call like later on the day that I was pinned on it, and I booked it later on that day. So and then I shot it like two days later. Wow, that's quick. Yeah, it was really quick. Yeah, you got knocked out. I mean, some people some people say a little too easily knocked out, knocked out, <laughs> granted by Dolores. <laughs> some people are saying, I would never say that. I, would, I didn't say it, but it went down pretty quick, pretty quick. <laughs> anyway, he got knocked out by Dolores, played by Evan Rachel Wood, the oldest robot slash host on Westworld. She knocked you out and stole your blood. Listen, she's very, very fit and strong and, uh, 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was uh, that was a fun part of that. I mean, look, as much as I bust your chops for getting knocked out like super quick, I would love to be knocked out by any robot on Westworld. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I Dolores. Mean, it, it was a pleasure, and it was uh, it was, it, it was actually a lot of work. You know, they yeah. had they had uh, some stunt people there for me, but I was. I wanted to do it, I, yeah. so I decided I was like, I'm gonna, I want to do it. I, I told them I was like, I want to do the stunts, and then so they padded up that wall in that scene, and and um, and I threw myself against that wall like mm-hmm. 25 times. Yeah, wow. So, so it was pretty, uh, it was pretty good. I had some nice bruises on my hip and and knee when I get when I got home. Wow. Well, the only thing I was missing from that scene is like, I wish she had got you in the solar plexus so I could hear that. <sighs> the air leaving your body? Oh, that thanks. Been pretty yeah, good. that would have been a lot better. Yeah. I'm so sorry to disappoint you with how how, <laughs> how hurt I got. <laughs> well, look, if you're going to get beat up by somebody, Dolores is the character you want to beat up. Maybe Maeve would be pretty cool, too. Arnold, I don't think I'd want to get beat up by Arnold because, you know, for a long time, he didn't even know he was a robot. Yeah. No, but, he still sort of denies it, too. Yeah. yeah I don't I, see anything. No, I like that at least she's, like, the main protagonist in that. And she's, uh, you know, she's the, the strongest one. So at least I was formidable against that. Well, that's true. And it was episode four of season three when they need to steal all that dude's money. Mm-hmm. And so they get your blood so they can steal all that dude's money because you're his wealth manager. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I didn't even know till that day what was going to happen with that. Because right. they don't tell you anything about any of what the scene is you're like here's the lines you may or may not be doing all the lines which we didn't do but we filmed a lot more than we actually they actually showed and they're like okay so now they're gonna drag you and take your blood out of your neck and i was like why and they're like oh it's confidential we can't actually let you i'm like oh okay so even after we did it i still had no idea why we did that yeah well you you mentioned an interesting thing which is that you shot a lot more than they showed right and that happens a lot. They shoot extra stuff, and they don't use it. How do you deal with that? Because it can drive you crazy sitting, because you're because you're sitting there going, okay, Westworld's coming out. It's gonna be this huge scene, and then it's still cool, but like ah, this could have been like a ginormous. And then you know you never yeah. get any explanation for why they had to cut it. It's probably just for time. But. No, yeah, no, it's de- definitely one of those things. I mean, I'm sure you've had things like yeah. that going for you too. And but how do you deal with it? I think you just gotta suck it up and like take yeah. the experience of it and right. and uh, look at what did make the screen and it's still a really cool experience to be on what was like the number one show in the world at that <laughs> yeah. point. And yeah. um, I got reached out to by like thousands of people on Instagram from like all over the world that were because it's such a global show more than a lot of shows are. It's got such a cult following and there's so many fans all over the world and HBO is such a big deal. That um, you know, I could only be so upset about uh, not the entire scene being shown. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Without sounding crazy. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And and I think that's a great attitude to have, which is like, look, you could look at it the way like, well, there's a lot that got left on the cutting room floor. You could also be like, they could have cut the whole thing theoretically, and then you got nothing, and they could just talk about what happened in your scene. Like, oh, did you hear that? Yeah, we stole that guy's blood. Yeah, like, that was yeah, me. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, sure it was, Brian. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's your uncredited on the Westworld. Yeah, like, oh, did you work background? No, that's right my shadow. There? Right, my shadow. Right there. No, and you know what? And that was a lot of, um, I was so into the scene, and I liked the character so much. I go out for a lot of that kind of, you know, sharky uh, CFO, business guy, mm-hmm. Wall Street type stuff. Yeah. And I liked the scene a lot, and I was like, there is no way that I'm not doing this scene. So that's why I did a lot of the stunts, too. I was like, right. I'm like, if there's an opportunity where they can like just use the stunt and it's the stunt guy yeah. and not me, 
I'm not doing that. So I'm doing the stunts. I, I'm in the scene, man. I, every true. element of it. I was like, I'm making sure I'm staying in this. Right. That's great to make sure you take every opportunity because, like you said, huge show. You don't know what could happen as a result of it. Who knows? Uh, it's you know, It seemed like from how easily you went down that you just instantly died. That's what it seemed like to me because you went down like a ton of bricks, uh, like a half a ton of bricks, like just immediately... I was like, he's dead, for sure. I can't help but notice how much you enjoy uh, the fact that I got uh, knocked out. You see, the, I, the way your face lights up, it's you're getting way too much pleasure out of this, I feel. You know what's funny is, I, look, I do enjoy it. Not because it's you getting knocked out, but man, that's a cool thing to watch one of your friends get knocked out on a big show. That's cool. Yeah, and I guess it is. Yes, it I can't to... wait to see you get knocked out oh, of a big course. show. Yeah, look, <laughs> <laughs> that look. You know the type of parts I book. Someone else will get knocked out, and I'll have to come out with a big shovel and scoop him up. That's yeah, me. Or drive him somewhere. Go to, yeah, and then drive him in my truck. Yeah, exactly. I got the body, guys. <laughs> Let me just scoop him up. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, what's funny about that is last season of Westworld, I had three episodes in a row where one week it was you getting knocked out, the next week it was another one of my friends getting knocked out, and the third week one of my friends. I think I killed because he was a pedophile, right? Oh, <laughs> oh I'm glad that wasn't me. Like, that's, right. that's not a good one to have. It was not a bad so, scene. It was a cool scene. Cool, yeah. It was, uh, I think somebody was with uh, Tessa Thompson's son at the park, and then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Punch, you know. Oh, after that scene uh, in, I think in my episode, where they're at the party, and yeah. there's like that at all the naked people just standing around and all that. so you know like uh, look we're Westworld <laughs> more specific than the one scene with oh, naked yeah. people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's That's a lot true. of naked robots at all times at sometimes. all times there's like these just groups of naked people <laughs> That's the. I think that was probably like part of like the uh, uh, tagline for like the show. They're like there'll be a ton of naked people yeah. standing around, robots. It's expensive, and they're like, great. Sounds like an HBO show. That would be my tagline for for uh, for Westworld. Um, robots. Period. Naked robots. Period. That's it. Brent, when can you start shooting? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a winner if I ever heard one. Well, congrats on Thank you, the yeah. Westworld. It's, uh, like you said, it's great to be on that type of show. And, you know, hopefully Michael Tritter, even though it seemed like he got knocked out and was dead, is not dead and maybe we will come back. The internet and all of the forums yeah. and uh, everything that I can gather mm -hmm. is saying mm -hmm. that maybe that's not the case. Many, many people are saying Michael Tritter lives. Okay? A lot of people are saying, believe me, most people think Michael Tritter, great guy, still alive. Well, you were on another uh, Emmy-nominated show. Who does that sound like? I can't help. Who does that, that voice sound uh, like? Stephen Colbert? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> another Emmy-nominated show you worked on recently was the Ryan Murphy show, Hollywood. Correct. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Wow, that was, uh, that was a really fast one. I literally went in for that audition and booked it like three hours later or something like that. Really? And it was one of these things where it was like just a couple lines and I'm like, I'm going to go in and just be as ridiculous with this as possible. And I did like a really like 1950s, like blue collar mm -hmm. New York accent that was like, I'm like, scene four, take one. Yeah. Like, you know, like, just like, I don't know where that guy's from. He sells papers, too, or does something right. like that. But uh, casting, she she looked at me after I did it the first time, and she goes, yes. One more. Can you do that again? And I was like, sure, absolutely. And she goes, I love it. And she just, <laughs> she just stopped. She goes, I go, you anything else? She goes, no, 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 that's great. 
And then, like, literally a couple hours later, I got that. And I shot it the like, two days later or the next day, something like Jeez. that. And, yeah, it was, man, talk about, like, star-studded. I mean, that Westworld yeah. is star-studded, but that show was, um, I mean, every, everywhere you looked was somebody who was just a, a, a giant star. Yeah. Oh, is this where you're going to talk about where Dylan, uh, Dylan McDermott went to your high school? So we're going to yeah, drop that uh, in, Brian? That, well, you could, you did. I know. You can I drop did. that in. Yeah. I dropped it in for you. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we went to the same high school. Uh, I, he graduated he much before me, like Two, three years. Yeah. Two, three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun. We were uh, we were on set in, in the green room at that great uh, gas station in... Um, Silver Lake, they redid. Yeah, where that was in Silver Lake. Silver Lake, yeah. Was it? Did they completely make that thing, or was it a gas station they just like repurposed? It was a gas station they put like you know I think like a hundred or two hundred grand into to like completely refinish. It was the cleanest, like it was so crisp white when you drove up on it. It was incredible, and they just redid the whole thing. And you know we're sitting in the green room there, like kind of just waiting, waiting to do our thing. And I was chatting with him. And I was like, "Hey, that's a great looking suit." He had this like really great like '50s suit on. We chatted and just found out we both grew up in the same kind of area outside in Connecticut and Waterbury, and went to the same high school. And you know, you didn't know yeah. that you went to the same high school before. No. Then. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. I found out, found out there, and then I posted something I think on on Instagram um, shortly after or something like that. And and my high school contacted me, and they did an article on us, and it was kind of funny. So it was kind of cool. Brian Gleese, is there something that we don't know about you that you think we should? Uh, man, I guess like I have a uh, a brief story. I guess I could I could share okay. with you. Last year I was moving, and I was moving to downtown from the west side, and it was late. I had kind of had a moving van full of that that last uh, little stuff, you know that. Um, it's just like little plants and the all this sort of thing. The miscellaneous stuff. Yeah, is just left like over. not even a full Doesn't moving truck. Doesn't fit in truck. boxes. Yeah, exactly. It's just like all spread out in the U-Haul, right? So I get on the highway and I'm driving back to downtown from the west side, and I start and I see like sirens and lights behind me, and I'm like, oh man, some you know someone must be you know, pulling somebody over, right? And then I hear pull the truck over, and I'm like, oh, that's for me. Okay, I guess I'll pull over, right? So I pull over to the, like the middle of the highway, pretty much like on the ten, right outside of the uh, of the city, like skyline, and they start yelling, and they're like, the, the sheriff's department is, show us your hands, show us your goddamn hands, get them out of the truck. I'm like, oh man, this is really escalating fast. Yeah, so I put my hands out of the truck, I get out, and they've shut down the entire ten. Behind me. The 10 freeway for the those of you freeway. not in California. Yeah, yeah the 10 freeway, which is a big, big freeway. Giant. Yeah, that goes directly into the center of, of downtown Los Angeles. And there is a police helicopter sp- spotlight on me. And there is like an entire, entire like 12, 15 cop cars, everyone with their guns drawn. And I'm in the middle of the 10. So I get out and they're yelling instructions and like, get down on your knees and put your hands behind your head. I put, I do all of this. They come up at me. They cuff me. They put me in the back of the car, back of the car, and they all have guns drawn on the U-Haul. And I'm like, wow, what is going on? This so it, <laughs> you, what are those dangerous plants that you have? Yeah, wow. <laughs> so one of the guys in charge comes up and he goes, "All right, you're gonna level with me right now. How many people were in the back of the truck?" And I was like, "People, uh, uh, people in the back of the truck." And he goes, "All right, don't be smart with me." Tell me how many people were in the back of the truck. It's going to make it a lot easier for everybody here. 
And I'm like, there's no people in the back of the truck. I don't know. I'm moving. And they're like, okay, you're going to stick with that story? You're going to stick? And I'll be like, yes, I am because I'm moving. So anyways, the SWAT team rolls up, okay? They all get out. I'm in the back. The guy goes, I'm going to give you one more chance to tell me how many people are in the back of the truck. So I go, there's nobody back there, buddy. I don't know what you want me to say. So they break the lock. I, you know, they go, sorry, they go to break the lock, which I need because the truck's going to stay overnight. And, you know, I, I need the lock and it's not a deposit on that thing. So they break the lock. They open the thing. They jump up on the back, all guns drawn, sheriff's department, sheriff's department. And there's just little plants and like little trinkets and stuff like that. Come to find out. So, right, obviously we, we, we get off the highway and they're like, oh, yeah, we made a mistake, all sort of thing. A couple days later, there was found out that there was these Marines from the San Diego yeah. who were uh, bringing uh, immigrants up from Mexico in U-Haul trucks. And oh, they wow. thought it was me. So I fit the, I fit the, uh, the MO there or the description of that, those people. So that was an interesting story. And I, don't, I haven't told a lot of people that story, but it's interesting because um, of kind of what happened with the climate of everything with, with uh, police and everything yeah. right now. And you could see how, you know, that was pretty traumatic, honestly. Like, it was to get have guns drawn on you and all that sort of thing. And and it, I could see a lot of how that would affect someone's psyche and how they and operate with police. Well, I guess my immediate reaction to this story is, why did they have to have guns drawn on you? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you did have people in the back of your car, it wasn't like people with machine guns in the back of your car, right? Supposedly. Right. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, but I think that's where it comes down to the training of these guys to assume you're guilty until proven innocent, I guess, and not like, like I was guilty the second they thought I was the guy. I was you're the guy. still one guy. There's a bunch of cops, and if there are other people, they're padlocked into the a back vehicle. Of a yeah. Vehicle. So they're really just dealing with you at the moment. Exactly, and it's like so they're you know they think I'm. Uh, you know, so at that point they think I'm a Marine or military trained or whatever that is. But the second that, you know, you would, you would imagine the second that I'm out of the truck with my hands up in the middle of the freeway, right? that I, it would be pretty neutral at that point, right? right? I'd be neutralized, but they just like doubled down on it. It was, it was, it was very, it was very scary. And you can totally see how, um, if this is something that happened to a group of people repeatedly and you you could imagine that would have a tremendous effect um, on the way you operated with police. And, you know, I couldn't help but think afterwards, you know, I went home and I told my wife, I was, and she was like, she couldn't believe it. And it was very, very scared. And she was like, you, that might not have worked out the way it worked out if, if you weren't a white guy. Yeah. And, and it was kind of, you know, it's unfair that that's the case. And you know, it just, I have a lot of sympathy and a lot of um, concern for all those things going on now a lot because of what happened, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there just needs to be some training changes maybe. Uh, and just, I guess it's mostly training and getting into like why these things are employed the way they are. Because I think that seems like too much for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, 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 I'm strong, but, yeah. uh, 12, I don't know if 12, you're not Jason Bourne. Born. Now, if they maybe, knew you were Jason I Bourne... Could, I think I'd be a pretty good Jason Bourne. Oh, sure. Frank. Yeah, you know. Right. Matt Damon type. Although, Jason Bourne gets hit 
a lot on this. I never see him go down with just like one hit. You know, <laughs> don't like, show them. If you the ever movies. audition for the new uh, <laughs> Born movies, do not show them Westworld tape because you will never book it. Ooh, like, he's got oh. a glass jaw. Like, oh, he's he's falling down just from the air from her hand. Wow, uh, <laughs> it's not going to work out for us. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that story. I know oh, it's, yeah. it has to be a comfortable thing, and it's. Uh, and it's definitely related to some of the things that we're seeing right now. So it's, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just something that, you know, when do you share that story? It's like, so that's like something. It's not like you're like, hey, you guys want to hear something cool? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it's not cool. It's not cool. It was terrifying. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, you told me that you threw up, vomited, upchucked, reversal of fortune from your stomach on a very uh, famous director. I did. Yes, I have to hear the story. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, it was. <laughs> it, was <laughs> it was great. It was liberating. Um, so very yeah, free. It, it, I felt very free and creative. Yeah, yeah. Derek C in France. Did uh, you feel empty inside after it happened? I don't know. Emotionally. Oh, and yeah. actual and physically, physically empty. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, Derek C in France, uh, who did like Blue Valentine. Yeah. He just did the uh, that show with uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I know this much is true. That's right. He also directed Place Beyond the Pines. You got it, yep. Oh, he likes to work with uh, Ryan Gosling. That's right, yeah. So he, he did this commercial uh, for Nike that I was I was doubling Roy McElroy for like all, uh, he's a pro golfer for fitness. Oh, Roy McElroy, yep. just for the fans of the show that don't listen or don't watch sports, uh, is, is he Scottish? Irish. Irish, he's Irish. He was at one time the number one player in the world. Right now he's like number four, so... Uh, he was, in fact, you know, everyone knows Tiger Woods. He was like one of Tiger's big rivals at his pinnacle, at Tiger's pinnacle. He was kind of his rival towards the end of Tiger being the dominant figure. So Rory McIlroy, you were doing commercials with him for Nike. Right. So I did a Nike commercial where I was doing all fitness and stunts and uh, and all that sort of thing. And I worked on this commercial for like 13 days. It was like a feature. And you're playing Rory's like stunt double? I'm I'm playing Rory in most of it. Okay. And so unless they're showing his face, it's it's me in that commercial. Yeah. Um, so basically we're, we're working out in this, in this gym and we're doing, uh, you know, this stuff. And then, uh, Derek comes up to me and he goes, Hey, if you, if you were really tired, would you, would you throw up from exhaustion? And I would, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I've never done it, but he goes, well, you know, is that something that you could do if we were able to do that? And I was like, yeah, I mean, he's like, what would you need to make that happen? And I was like, I guess like, like a really, like a, a beer or something. And we just drink it and then we'll like, just throw it up. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, great. So anyways, he's, I think he sends a PA to like 7-Eleven or something like that. And he comes back with like two like tall can Tecates. <laughs> like just like garbage. <laughs> I guess the Tecate, yeah. not my go-to <laughs> no, beer. No, I pick no, beer. No. I'll be honest. So he goes, we go around back of the, uh, of, of the gym. And Derek and I like just, we crush these two beers. And by the time we come back in, they had built like a, a plexiglass uh, like kind of apparatus that the camera and Derek and the DP would be underneath. And they're like, okay, great. We'll just like, you know, lean over this plastic apparatus and just, you know, go ahead. So like in that Nike commercial, which won DGA commercial of the year in, in 2016, okay. there is a spot you will see if you look where I spent a few minutes making myself throw up on that, uh, camera platform on top of Derek and uh, a DP who shot uh, Star Wars. Why? So he loved it. He wanted. He wanted. 
a really intense section, so it's literally just ba- me backlit throwing up directly onto a camera. I gotta say, he's he's very into like intensity and yeah. making things really real. Yep. In fact, I think I've seen like from his movies, he likes his stars to like really he prefers if they kind of become almost like in an actual relationship with each other. Yeah. In fact, a couple of them, I think Eva Mendes and Ryan Gosling have kids together right now. I, and I they were so. together. Uh, and then also, uh, there's another there's another couple that, that like ended up being together for a long time. So that's interesting that he's... Yeah. Uh, he's, look, he's a talented guy. He's somebody I, I would love the opportunity to, in like a different world, to get, work with him in a different capacity. Like yeah. in, in an acting capacity. And that was, it was great to do what I did, but... um. I want to. I want to circle back on that. You know. Yeah, but not on the the throwing up part. No, Just, we yeah. cannot do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Before we go any further, we have to talk about our our breakfast from Gorilla Tacos, spelled like Gorilla Warfare, not like Gorillas in the Mist. It's a wonderful, fancy, authentic taco joint near downtown LA. It's, uh, we, so, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. We've been there before, and we both were like, okay, let's get these. We got. Uh, we both got the sweet potato tacos, which is. Um, Let's see. It's like sweet potato. It's feta cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some corn, some green onion in there, and that feta cheese really. Oh yeah, for you. That a, I know that for was for you. That was the money right that there. That was really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had this. Uh, so we both had that. We had the. Uh, uh, what else do we have? The the chicken tacos. Chicken taco. I think it was a special, and it had like a chili lime, like yeah, ancho had, chili lime. Mm-hmm. It had sauce. a miso pineapple, pineapple it was sauce. That yeah, was a really good. Yeah, uh, cilantro. Yeah, that was really good too. And we both had the the pork belly. Pork belly. Uh, if I was rating them, mm-hmm. generally pork belly is a very strong choice. Um, but that would be number four of the four tacos that I that we got. I thought the other ones were stronger. I and is it had a, a chimichurri sauce on it, which I love. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it wasn't as strong as some of the other ones. Yeah, I think I don't know. I could go either way on the two, three, and four. Mm. Uh, but. The one I'm saving for last, to me, I think was both of our favorites, the pocho taco. Yeah. Yeah, that to me, that extra, it was a hard shell taco, if I'm, I'm recalling. Yeah. Well, let me let me, let me, talk, let me talk you through this because people will say, since you mentioned it's a hard shell taco, I thought you said there was an authentic Mexican taco place. Mm. Well, uh, this had did have ground beef, crema, pico de gallo, cheddar cheese, also not a normal thing that you put on uh, an authentic uh, Mexican taco and a hard shell. Well, you have to look up what the word pocho means. So pocho is like one of those pejorative or uh, disapproving terms for describe somebody who's left Mexico and that no longer speaks very good Spanish. Oh, it's, so it's like well, so I it's didn't almost like <laughs> it's almost like saying this is a white guy taco. Yeah, that, and that's what I knew would that we you'd circle around to here, Brent. Yeah, uh, hard shell tacos are typically considered white people tacos. Yeah. But I will say— Or American tacos, I guess we could say also. Right, right, yeah. right. If we're gonna, sure, absolutely. Just non-traditional, not like traditional. But we know white people love them some hard shell tacos. Yes. <laughs> Look, I'm half white, too. Yeah. I love them, too. I mean, I, <laughs> there's a time for them. The crisp on that with the spice, it had a lot of spice. Um, yeah. It was really good. That was—I haven't had— a, Every single time I go there, and the, since the first time I went there, I, we sat in there, and you, when, back pre-COVID when you could sit in the restaurant. Yeah. And I had a couple of tacos— and I sat there kind of in disbelief, and I was, I said to who I was there with, I go, this is not only some of the best tacos I've ever had. This is some of the best food I've ever had. It was just 
it's so flavorful yeah. and they spend so much care and time on each one of those tostacos. Everything's so rich there too. Oh yeah. You know? We also had the flan. We did have the flan. Flan was okay. I would say flan is hard. Look, I know when I have a a bad flan, it's like rubbery. Mm. Uh, this was not that. Uh, it was it was a good flan. It, it was fine. It, yeah. it was it was easy to cut through. The difference between flan and like a normal custard, I think, is that it's got the, like caramel on it. Like it's in a little caramel sauce. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's if you you know if you haven't had flan, it's kind of like a take on on a custard. A little, uh, little more like tofu. Yeah, and it's texture. got. I think it's got like some more spices in it too. Yeah. Like there's a couple more flavor. Yeah, elements. I think there's. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it would be. Not but. what's like some kind of nut or a cinnamon or something. Of yeah, that there nature. might be some cinnamon, maybe some nutmeg in there. I think that I'm just caramel. always particularly underwhelmed with flan, and yeah. I order it because I think I'm going to like it more, and then I get it, and I'm like, I don't know. Well, a lot of them taste kind of the same. This one's yeah. was pretty good too. It was. Just, good. I wouldn't say it was like. Outstanding. It's not as good as the tacos. No, that's true. If you're yeah. going to spend the time, I think you get more tacos and less flan. Although they have, yeah. they do have some really good. They have a rotating menu too. So sometimes they have like some amazing, uh, like donuts and things like that. Absolutely. On the menu. And if you're ever there and they have the steak tacos with the uh, chimichurri sauce, do not, not get those. Those are by far the best thing that they do there. Right. Well, I love this place. You introduced me originally to Gorilla Tacos, and I go there frequently now. So thanks for going on that breakfast. Of course. Thanks for having me. It is now time for the segment we call Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Brian Galise. You are a man who likes a nice steak. If you have to choose between a nice tri-tip and a nice ribeye, which one are you going to pick? Oh, man. So how many people are we feeding? Your choice. Listen, so if it's just me, I'm going ribeye, prime Uh ribeye. Uh, But when I moved out here uh, from the East Coast, I went to the the butcher and I saw a tri-tip. And I had never heard about this cut of meat in my entire life. It's only a West Coast thing, apparently. On the East Coast, it's called sirloin tips. And they just use the tips I guess. Hmm. But here, a tri-tip is, is beautiful. If you're trying to feed four people, something like that, You could, for like 21 bucks, you could feed four people a really nice piece of meat. For me, it's all about the ribeye. I love the fattiness of it. Yeah. I like tri-tip. Tri-tip's fine, but if I have to pick between those two, hmm. I got to go with the ribeye. I love ribeye too, but you know, I, you got to be economical. <laughs> sure. Do you? <laughs> Breakfast quick bite number two. Brian Galise, you appeared on Westworld and you were also a fan of the show. I'm curious... Are you cheering for the robots to take over the world, or are you cheering for the humans to prevail? Listen, uh, if we're using what's happening in today's world as any indication about how successful humans are going to be at doing the world, uh, I'm going to go with the robots. I think that maybe they'd be a little bit more dialed in. Uh, We're not doing a great job right now, it doesn't seem like. Could you deal with uh, Dolores as Supreme Leader and uh, Maeve as Vice President Supreme Leader? (laughs) Vice Supreme Leader. Yeah. you know what? They they seem very logical. Yeah. Arnold as Secretary of State. Uh yeah. You know what? Listen, they're they're a little cold, but I think that uh they at least have logic on their side. Interesting. Yeah. I I'm, you know, listen. We're you know, with the fires and all the stuff going on now, it seems like we're uh, down the wrong path already. So might as well give something new a try. Right. Well, before we get out of here, I need to get three last minute recommendations from Brian Galise. Ooh. What is your guilty pleasure show or movie you've been watching? Wow. I have been watching this show that I only would recommend during this particular time in life. 
It's called My Greek Odyssey. I've never heard of this show. Nobody has ever heard of this show. And it's a show about a very rich Australian Greek man who made all of his money in construction, and he's very blue-collar, and then buys a yacht and goes around to see all 267 inhabited Greek islands. And he eats the food, and he talks to people, and it is very much a show that you watch during dinner, only during this period of life. So is it like ever uh, somebody feed Phil but with a Greek guy? I don't know. I've never seen oh, okay. that show. But it's, it's like a travel show, but you're yeah. looking at the food of the and, and it, uh, exactly. of the different islands, and you're, and you're going to the like you know different uh, places of interest and seeing the differences of the islands. And this man is so fascinating to me because he is the Greekest looking man with a thick Australian blue collar accent. Interesting. And he's rich, but like from construction, so he's not very couth. I find it fascinating. Interesting. I, I'm, I'll have to check I'm this enjoying out. it. I, you won't check it out, but it is fascinating. Yeah. I will check it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? Oh man, this one's so easy. This, there's this movie, right? And I, it is one of the defining movies of my childhood and of uh, maybe of my life. It's called Rad. Wow. It is the story of a young man who wants to win a bicycle race. And it is set in the 1980s, and it's incredible, and it just came out on 4K, Blu-ray, like off straight off of the original film negative because it never went to anything but VHS. It was never available anywhere, and it is a cult classic. And if you have not seen Rad, uh, you, are, you are truly missing out. It is a cult classic. In fact, the reason I know about this is my buddy Todd Munson, who's like a kind of a social media guru, mm-hmm. one of my friends that I, I knew from Nebraska, um, he has a podcast called The Movie Fort, I believe is what it's called. And so he has a fort in his backyard, and you watch a movie with him. And oh. that's the whole show. Okay. He had Mike Miranda on when that 4K thing came out. Mike Miranda was a BMX biker. Yeah, he's in there. He's one of the BMX racers. Yeah. So we had him on there. And uh, so it's funny. I'll have to hook up you and Todd uh, since you're both fans of the movie Rad. Oh, I love it. And all over the country, I guess, there's like uh, outdoor screenings of it now. I I think it's finally available on streaming uh, at this point. Um, It's, it's, listen, it's a 1980s typical movie. You can see Lori Laughlin in it before she was a criminal. You can see (laughs) a lot of different things. And and there's a, a bike dance scene. It's got a lot of those '80s tropes that are just uh, magic, right? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. And, Please, uh, yeah. What is your spirit animal show or movie? I am I am such a sucker for sports movies. Yeah, I love uh, an emotional sports underdog movie like uh, Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you believe in miracles? I believe in sports miracles. I thought you were going to say yes, like I Al just, Michaels. No, does Al Michaels? <laughs> yeah. That's what he says at the end of the, the end of that game. Do you believe in miracles? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, I missed that. Sorry about that, friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love. <laughs> I love sports movies. Um, I cry or could cry after most sports movies mm-hmm. that are like that. So those are definitely my my special thing there. I, I think I love the struggle. The like the. Uh, the thrill of the the game and the because I think because I know what it feels like, you know, right, I mean? right, yeah. I, I I I like a lot of movies like that too. Well, we, you know, we felt like that when we played softball together. We did. Look, that's not how we felt when we played softball together. You and I were the ones that just like were the instigators, yeah. 
uh, they would take a, a bad situation to make it worse. Yeah, we just we would double down on if someone was mad, we'd make them more. Make mad. them more mad. Yeah, because yeah. people don't play as well when they're when they're mad. That's right. Usually, I, it's it, nothing better than on a Sunday afternoon uh, uh, to create a volatile situation at a park. <laughs> Thank you for those recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you'd like to get more info on The Breakfast Show, such as pics of Brian Galise and I enjoying our breakfast from Gorilla Tacos, here's what you do. You can hit me up on Instagram, at Scoops Pope. Give me a follow, and if you have a breakfast question, ask away. And make sure you also follow my Facebook actor page at facebook.com forward slash brent.pope. Go to the show website, breakfast.com or your favorite podcast provider. And if you like the show, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 30 other countries across six continents. And trust me, my bacon bros, my pancake posse, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreci. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, for making me sound so good. Brian Galise. Anything you're working on right now, and where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media at Begalise on Instagram. It's B-G-I-L-L-E-E-C-E, and that's really the only place social media I'm on. Uh, I'm just excited to get back to work uh, auditioning and uh, working on getting this this show done for ESPN2. Yeah. And uh, excited just to to be here in the Brentford studio in, in your presence, Brent. You're uh <laughs> <laughs> You're such professional, and, and congrats on uh, all the success of the show. It's it's really come a long way. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate all your help as well. You know, you're like my brother, man. In oh. all honesty, you're like my little brother that's too good looking, and, and I'm mad at because he's too good looking. Although I just tell people, you know, his teeth are fake. You know that, right? I, I you know what? I didn't know you felt this way, and <laughs> I I didn't realize you considered us that good of friends, and now I feel awkward. Oh boy. Oh. Wow. Brentford. I consider, <laughs> look, Brian, I consider you to be like a distant relative that I see one to two times per year. I'm going to leave these both in the show, and you guys can decide which one is real. Because obviously the last one I was joking about. <laughs> we're distant. <laughs> anyway, so fun to have you in the studio. And with that, we put another teeth-rattling episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See you. 